0: MotoGP in Austria, and a uh, hat-trick of very fortunate escapes. Welcome back to Motorsport 101. Whew, what a weekend. Welcome to episode 254 of Motorsport 101. I'm your friendly neighbor, those Mr. Andre Harrison, and... Uh, it's quite strange to uh, not have to clap or sink us in or do any other technical stuff of Audacity because uh, this is the first of a new era of uh, Motorsport 101, of uh, video podcasts. Um, video, audio, all that good stuff. is uh, We've expanded. Um, and uh, We're yeah, a visual you know. medium now. Yeah, we man, can stop man. joking about it. We finally, st- we finally have evolved from that feedback. We've taken it on board, and a year and a half later, here we are, we're now, we're now actually a visual medium. Still need work on the actual look side of things, but hey, it's a work in progress. <laughs> but uh, hey guys, I'm Dre here, welcome to episode 254 of Motorsport 101, and welcome to a brand new format for the podcast. It's going to be a lot more fast-paced, we're going to shave the time down of some of these shows a little bit, but we'll also give you... More shows, more highlights, more visual and audio content. It should be a fun time for everybody involved. Um, if you want to see a little bit more of that from an in-depth standpoint as to what exactly all the big changes are, stay tuned to youtube.com forward slash 101 There'll be a full video blog from yours, Trudy, explaining all the changes.
1: Hey, um, maybe maybe I could join you since we could record our own footage, maybe edit
0: something together. Oh, my goodness. Potential. <laughs> <laughs> See, see, clever. Uh, I like that. But uh, with me as always, well, might as well get him out of the way now because he just introduced himself anyway. Mr. Ryan Eric King, hello sir. Yep,
1: glad to be here for for a new era. But unfortunately, you know, usually, strangely enough, anytime we start a new era, one, Motorsport 101, it's on a slightly down note.
0: I really wish we had a more upbeat start to this, but no, <laughs> unfortunately not. Come back, come back for the next episode for some more of the funny, funny stuff. But hey, we'll, we'll, we'll try and make do in, uh, in some difficult circumstances regarding Two Wheels this weekend, which we'll get to briefly. Also joining me, Mr. RJ O'Connell. Hello, sir. Hello. Um, let's just
2: preface by saying, uh, don't worry, everybody is mostly okay, which yeah. is a relief. We're not yes. coming to you with no music. Somebody is gravely injured or, heaven forbid, has passed away. But thank we did have some big, big motorcycle accidents in uh, the weekend.
0: Yeah, it's the, it's, 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 it's the John Boys Lonnie Smith preface of saying nobody died. Everybody is largely okay. And thank goodness for that. Because if you saw what had happened over the weekend, you'd probably think differently. And thankfully. Uh, everybody looks like but again the worst of it is a couple of broken bones and some bruises thank god um and of course joining me as well is cam buckley hello sir
3: oh everyone you know it's uh i'm very happy that everyone escaped with relatively minor injuries after of course more significant injuries previously this season but above all of it i'm just wondering how did the other Red Italians?
0: So, mm. Mm. Great question, which we'll get to very, very shortly. But uh, places you can find us real quick, besides here, obviously, youtube.com forward slash motorsport101. Um, if you're listening to us on YouTube, or if you're listening to us on our usual audio places, which, by the way, are not going anywhere. Don't worry about that. This is still going to be an audio medium, too. This is not... We're not moving house. We no. just... Uh,
3: no, unlike... Uh, unlike certain racing game developer on Twitter, we're not taking away features and then claiming it as innovation.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. You're expanding. We're building a conservatory in the back as you do. Um, Do you want to say something real quick there? Yeah, Um,
2: yeah, because uh, because by the time you hear this, uh, you notice that there is a big chunk of missing episodes. Uh, Mm -hmm. Lesson learned is don't have executive dysfunction. That's number one. Uh, number two, those episodes, which will cover a month's worth of content, will all be on the audio format. So that's kind of like your, your farewell to Motorsport 101 as it once was. You can listen back and hear how wrong we were on all of these MotoGP insights. <laughs> or back in it's
3: really a, uh, it's a greatest hits of Motorsport 101 2.0 leading into <laughs> yeah. Motorsport 101 3.
2: 3.0. And only the hits. And we're glad that you're able to watch and listen along with us. Um, it's going to be a fun adventure.
0: It yeah. will indeed. Thanks to everyone that uh, will check that out. Again, thanks for your patience as well, because I know it's been a little while since we had an actual episode out, um, Since probably since that 2.50 recording live, if you were there for that. Um, that's probably the last time you may have heard any of us in this sort of format. So thanks, everyone, for sticking around. I know it's, you know, it's not. it's been a busy time out there um and yeah thanks for sticking with us for, for, um, first and foremost um as i said more on that in in the coming days and weeks you'll see it all over our social media as well as mentioned youtube.com forward slash motorsport 101 if you're watching this on youtube why not subscribe and hit the bell so you can find out when we get more stuff coming through see so yeah, i have to i have to tweak the intro now because we're on youtube properly <laughs> oh my um, lord <laughs> We're on Facebook.com forward slash Motorsport 101. We're on Twitter at Motorsport underscore 101. our uh, usernames are actually, as you can see on the screen now around us. But if you're listening to us on audio, as usual, at Harrison101HD, at Ryan Eric King, at RJ O'Connell, and at CBuckley917. And uh, if you are really, really lucky, like us, you can like us financially on Patreon, on patreon.com forward slash Motorsport 101. $5 gets you early access to all of our shows. $10 gets you the Supporters Club. Of our discord server where you can listen and watch these episodes live as they're being recorded also you'll get full video access to um early access to all of our live recordings of these shows as well on youtube unlisted before they go out to the general public so yeah even more perks now if you're a ten dollar backer so you know love you love to see it and whatnot and you can get all those details and a whole lot more on our website motorsport101.com there's a couple of new written pieces on there as well i spoke a lot about about what happened in austria which we'll be talking about very very shortly as well um that will be in there as well as talk of the uh, british grand prix we had as well for formula one that's all out there as well so you can check that out motorsport101.com that's the blog section as well for all of that good stuff uh, thanks for sticking with us and uh, yeah, uh, after this we'll be talking about MotoGP in Austria. So we're going to do something we don't normally do on this show regarding MotoGP reviews and wraps ups of the weekend, um, This we're going to start with Moto2 on this occasion because there was a very serious incident that kind of set the tone unfortunately for the rest of the weekend and it we believed it would make sense if we talked about Moto2 first and foremost. Now. This was this, this this was a very ugly incident that happened in the Moto Two race. Um, to put it into some early context, Remy Gardner had actually qualified on pole position ahead of Jorge Martin and Marcel Schrotter, uh, Champions leader in A. Bastianini, was in fourth. Um, and in the early going, um, it was kind of playing out a lot like you know Moto Two races normally have done. Uh, Jorge Martin got the hurley hole shot, he had a pretty comfortable lead over Marcel Schrotter and Luca Marini. Now, in the second group further back, Nea Bastianini, the uh, championship leader in Moto2, um, he suffered a big high side coming off the exit of Turn 1. Um, this was a big, I think it was four laps in, I think it was the fourth lap of the race. He, he has a high side, um, flips himself off the motorcycle, unfortunately. Thankfully, rider okay. And then he is able to scramble off the inside part of the track where no bikes would normally be down anyway, because it's a very slow type uh, turn one in bikes. However, his his uh, Italtrin's motorcycle was stuck in the middle of the track. Um, unfortunately, what would happen a few seconds later would be Hafiz Siren further back down the field, not seeing uh anaya's bike in the middle of the track had driven into it um and it launched him off his motorcycle over 90 miles an hour it was a horrendous incident uh to watch in real time it was absolutely terrifying um again race was immediately red flagged um after that second incident with bastianini's bike um it, it was all sorts of ugly not not just the Hafiz sire and edgar ponds was also involved. He had to take to the grass um, as well as, give me a second, um, yeah, Andy uh, Inazar as well. There was, there, was, there was a four bike incident in total. Um, it was a scary one. Uh, ambulance was on the track. Uh, Fee Siren had immediate medical attention. Um, again, we were all sitting very nervously. Um, Dorna, if I'm honest, did themselves no favors um, with repetitive replays of the incident um, even though we on the public had no idea if a thief was okay um, we'd already seen thankfully that Bastiani walked away okay, that uh, Idazaar walked away okay and Pons was fine but the thief siren was the main concern um, about uh, five minutes later he was taken to the medical centre for checkups and it was his team boss that came out and said no, don't worry, he is fine Um, They're checking over his pelvic bone and pelvic area. Um, He had a CT scan in the medical center. Um, They took him to the hospital just just for precautionary checks, thankfully. So, again, luckily, we found out that Hafiz was okay, relatively speaking, after uh, what was a horrendous incident. And, I mean, this exposed one of the problems of this circuit. And I think a lot of people... uh, we don't think about it in cars so much with the Red Bull Ring, but with bikes. If you're tucked in behind another rider, slipstreaming off them like you would in race conditions, that crest you dip under when you go through turn one—if there is a bike laid out in the middle of the road like Bastianini's was in this case—you really can't see it. It's—it is a—it is a big blind spot when you see on board. Of what had happened um it's a bigger blind spot than i think we realize in in bikes and i think that's ultimately what caused this this awful freak accident
1: yeah like it's something that can only happen in bikes if you've ever seen a motorcycle and you've seen it laid over that it's it's basically like two foot nothing and you put it on the other side of a crest and it's invisible you, again, you don't see that issue with cars because cars are a lot taller. And uh, that's... It's, it's something well, that...
3: There, there's a car incident that has actually reminded me of another horrible incident where there was extensive injuries, but Mamo Gidley's crash in 2014 at Daytona mm-hmm. where he pulled out behind traffic. He was in a uh, in one of the prototypes, and there was a GT slow on the racing line he pulled out behind another car, didn't see it, and hit hit another car basically at full racing speed.
1: Yeah, and that's that was the same thing that happened to Billy Monger, but that's an issue of being behind another car. Mm. In this in this situation, it was just the track itself, which yeah. again is very problematic when when you can have you know, a corner is probably the most likely place where an incident's gonna happen if if a corner is inherently dangerous because of a crest and there aren't additional measures in place to make riders more aware of what's happening in that corner you're just asking for something like this to happen
0: we had a very similar near miss at this very race last year with Remy Garner, he had an identical incident to Mastinini where he lost he lost the front, at a high side off the opening corner, luckily his bike drifted off the track, um, and, and then thankfully pose no immediate danger. But it, it is a tricky corner in, in motorcycle terms. You're coming in at over 190 miles an hour um, in, in full-bodied G P form anyway, but it's, it's still over 150 and on, and on these 760cc Moto2 bikes. They've got 140 horsepower in their own right. Um, it's still a very, very, it's, it's a big break. Because they're one of the biggest ones on the track. Um, it's a very tight corner for bikes. It's 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 more than 90 degrees, um, and like you said, once you go through there, you're immediately downhill. Um, so, and that's where that crest is. It it dips quite suddenly once you go through the exit of turn one on the run down towards turn two, and that's where Bastianini's bike so happened to be, and that's what caused that's what caused the incident. So. It it's it's an inherently dangerous corner for that reason alone, because as we've seen, high sides are not uncommon off the back of that corner. It's a slow corner, if you put the power down too early, you will lose control of your bike and one way or another we're we gonna have another near missing FP three. I think it was Kite October in the Moto Three race. Um had another incident where he lost control of his bike on the exit of turn one and again, bike luckily didn't end up on the track, but it's it's not an uncommon incident to see that happen and yeah it's a problem with the track itself that probably needs to be addressed at some point if we can want to continue to race bikes here and yeah just the, the lack of grip makes it all the more problematic um, two wheels compared to four. Um, so. That set the tone for another incident we'll get to in the GP race very, very shortly. But getting it out of the way, there was, obviously, as I mentioned, the race was red flagged. It was it was restarted um, as a 13-lap race. Obviously, they lost some time, cleaning up the track after the incident. Um, it was a restarted race, um, quick restart procedure. Um, obviously, the guys that had, not, that had not finished the first time around did not continue. But... Um, and, yeah, I mean, a bright spot for the homeboys. It was, it was Jorge Martins' uh, first ever Moto2-class victory in the end. He won fairly comfortably, actually. It's, it's kind of been a bit of a running story of Moto2 this season. Where one guy just seems to have the pace um, over the field and was able to just break off a little bit of an advantage and then just, they don't even get reeled in very often. It's been kind of the story of Moto2 the whole year. And it was Jorge Martin's turn to win ahead of Luca Marini. And uh, hey, shout out to Marcel Schrotter on the podium, his first podium finishes last season as well. Good ride from him um, as well. Uh, Sam Lowe's again keeping a solid campaign going in fourth. Zeke Vierge in fifth. He was in a heck of a fight. Lowe's Vierge and Bezeki in the fight for fourth, um, separated by a few bike maps going over the line. And if, if you don't know if you saw it on uh, YouTube, but there was. Uh, there was beef afterwards between Lowe's and Berzecki. I mean, Sam Lowe's was very erratic uh, in the uh, in the second portion of this race, where he was taking all sorts of obscure lines and, you know, breaking very, very late, going intentionally quite wide on purpose. And it pissed off Berzecki behind him because I think they actually made contact, um very minor contact on the straight between turns uh, three and four. And uh after the race, Lowe's had actually grabbed Bazeki by the arm for a uh, shall we say friendly discussion <laughs> of what had happened where it seemingly Lowe's had no idea what was uh, what was going on and uh i don't, don't do this. Don't put your hands on another rider after the flag while they still riding them over the motorcycle. It's not a good look.
3: So especially um, while you're riding them. Mo- right. <laughs> too fucking dangerous. This ain't Road that Rash. No. Um, this isn't
2: even Road Rash 2. No, no. This isn't even Road Rash on the 3DO with soundtracks provided by
0: Soundgarden. <laughs> no. Definitely not that either. Um, it, it wasn't a good look um, at all. And uh, yeah, I, I, I couldn't stand the fact that PT Sport talked about that on their social media, like what Sam Lowe did was a good thing. Oh, look how tough and gritty Sam Lowe's is being right now. We love it, you know. Grabbing another rider by the arm and saying, What the hell are you playing at? No!
3: No, you want to do my... that? Wait until after you're off.
0: Look, look, don't endorse shitty behavior. On your on your TV network to help sell your products. This is not something you should be endorsing. Right? <laughs> like, this it is a bad look for all parties. Don't do it. I know BT Sport loves them some Sam Lowe's, but you you can't be doing shit like that. And then plugging it on your social media there account. There is a the there is
2: a time and a place to promote physical conflict. I mean, Lord knows we have a recurring segment all about. On oh, and oh, yeah. off track altercations, <laughs> which will be coming back pretty soon, oh, but gosh. especially in this contest, when you mm. consider that we, we nearly lost a ride, had things gotten any worse, maybe mm. not the best time to be shining a positive light on such a thing.
0: No, uh, especially only minutes after such a horrendous incident as well, don't do it. I love that his brother, Alex, on Twitter was like, oh, Bez doesn't know what he's messing with. Like, look, guys, Sam looks like a yeah. Television's TV presenter. <laughs> he's like the least threatening dude I've ever seen. Like, you don't... If it doesn't happen... I know you're sticking up for your brother, but Bez did absolutely nothing wrong over the course of that Grand Prix, as far as I was concerned. If anything, Sam was more to blame for his erratic riding all over the shop. I don't know how you could possibly watch that race and, and blame Bezeki for what had happened. But, uh, hey... What do we know? Uh we're not on the we're not on the motorcycles. But uh yeah. Lowe's fourth, Viege fifth, Bezeki sixth in the end, Tom Lucy seventh, Augusto Fernandez eighth, Aaron Cannett ninth, the American Joe Roberts in tenth in the end. Top uh, <laughs> ten the. They'll take it. The Americans say on this on on this show. Lorenzo Bardazzari eleventh. Domi Agata's back. Everybody, nice to see him in twelfth there for the uh, NTSRW Racing Team. Uh, Soma Kachandra thirteenth. Jake Dixon in the points in fourteenth. Faree for BT Sports. They love him. Hen Hector Garzo rounding off the points in fifteenth. Um as, as mentioned earlier, Remy Gardner sadly had another incident uh, in the second restarted portion. He did not see the check and flag, as did Titsuyan Nagashima unfortunately, who I winced when I saw him crash after his concussion news from last week. Don't do that, people. Um and of course five guys who did not uh, make the first portion of the race for obvious reasons, Bastianini, the Fee Siren, Edgar Pont, Andy Furrier, that's it as and Jorge Navarra had his own separate incident as well. As mentioned, thankfully, everybody okay. Fisari may even race this weekend, which is a terrifying thought, given what we know four days prior. But, uh, yeah, thankfully, everybody okay is the most important thing. Um, Moto2 Championship standings now. Luca Marini now leads the championship by five points over Anea Bastianini, 78-73. Jorge Martin uh, just ahead of Sam Lowe's on countback. They're both on 59 points and Tetsuya Nagashima, rounding off the top five on 55. Now, this leads us into MotoGP, and again, very interesting race on paper. Um, we all know that this is a very much a power circuit, so we were actually quite surprised to see Maverick Vinales on pole position, which Jeez, shouldn't be
3: a shock on. One point <laughs> we had an all Yamaha front row yeah what
2: wonders may cease in the year 2020 where all of the low power bikes are out here flexing (laughs) on the ultimate power circuit even the suzukis were in them
0: yeah they were it was a it was a fantastic qualifying session it was all over the place um maverick has ended up on pole uh keeping up the usual trend of the elite free qualifiers in the field keeping their momentum going sites last week obviously uh, it was actually jack miller that split up the uh, yamaha one two um miller in second just six hundredths off the top with fabio Quattararo around and off the front row uh dovi the uh the reigning winner from last year um in fourth ahead of paul espargaro and then Joanne mir um morbidelli rins and Zarco on row three and then nakagami Oliveira, and rossi on the back row um only half a second covered the top 12. It was the second-closest Q2 session since the format changed, um, so an incredibly tight uh, session to say the least, but it wasn't without some controversy, we actually had some beef, uh, yet some more beef, um, off, fresh off the brisket it was alicia spargaro and danilo petrucci um (laughs) that uh were not a fan of each other's riding in q1 i believe it was not rather than q2 um uh danilo was very upset with alicia spargaro allegedly blocking him in qualifying one um the incident has gone to the stewards their stewards meeting is tomorrow so unfortunately uh If if anything does happen as a result of it, we'll have to get back to you on that next week. (laughs) Our timing, as always, is impeccable. But uh, it looked on camera as if Alicia absolutely blocked Petrux on one of his qualifying laps. And I don't know if you guys saw it, but uh, (laughs) Petrux uh, got off the bike at the end of Q1, uh, pointed to the Aprilia garage and showed him that he finished in eleventh place with two middle fingers. Um, he, was, he was saying he was number one. He was saying he was robbed of P1 on two separate occasions um, and wasn't best pleased. They 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 took to Twitter after the session. Oh my God, um, Alicia, beef, beef, beef. <laughs> Alicia pulled off the official PDFs from MotoGP's results website breaking down sector by sector and showing that on Petricks' best lap, he set his best sector time in, in the final uh, uh, sector four of the lap with Elish directly in front of him. And so, he, so Elish was like, well, where's your blocking? Uh, and he said, don't be mad just because you're not competitive on a bike that's won here the last four years.
3: Um, he brought switch. his receipts.
0: Um, so Elish was, was, was not happy about this, um, to which Petruc turned around on Twitter and said, Hey, I have a Grand Prix victory. Where's yours? Um, so, um, <laughs> it was, uh, not best pleased to say the least. RJ?
2: I think that was a very good preemptive tribute to both Daniel Cormier and John Jones, who have, uh, both seemingly retired from mixed martial arts over this past week. <laughs> Beef over Not Twitter, good. folks. But yeah. Um, big thing to talk about in this MotoGP race. We're seven laps into it. And uh, if you are like me watching in the United States, maybe it's 8 a.m. You're just getting up. Uh, you were woken up very, very suddenly when mm. Johan Zarco and Franco Morbidelli leaned into one another, bumped into one another, and fell down going into turn three, sending their bikes. Well, their bikes have become uh, ballistic missiles uh,
0: at that
3: point. Ballistic yeah. missiles fired right into the path of one Valentino Rossi wow. and Maverick.
0: Yeah, um, for context, Turn 2 is absolutely a corner for MotoGP bikes. It isn't yeah, so we don't disband. think of it as a corner.
3: As yeah. a corner, it's a mild kink in cars. Yeah. On bikes, it is a proper corner. That's why it's actually Turn 2, Mm-hmm. on the track map, as much as people like to joke about it.
2: Yeah, this yeah. is... It's almost yeah. like this track has a much different character for motorcycles yeah. than it does for cars.
3: Yeah, the subtleties of the track are so...
0: Yeah, it's... it's it, And for con- added context, Zarko and Morbidelli made contact at 195 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, that was
3: only about three quarters of the way down the street. Yeah,
0: Yeah pretty much apex speed 195 mph they collided um both of their bodies went careering into the grass again somehow those two were able to walk away under their own volition from said contact which is a walking miracle because it was a horror accident both as rj said both bikes came back across themselves over the apex of where turn three is um, and the two bikes' individual wreckage have somehow gone straight across the track right in front of, right in between the two factory Yamahas of Valentino Rossi and an over the head of Maverick Vinales um, uh, who there's were both going... <sighs> there's,
3: there's a couple pictures <sighs> and the only reason I bring them up is because everyone did end up okay, but... Corñales yeah. took his hands off the handlebars and put them over his head yeah on a near as enough 300 horsepower motorcycle
0: for added context, it is like that turn-free hairpin in bikes is 120 degrees. it is one of the slowest corners, if not the slowest corner on the entire calendar it's 30 miles an hour at the apex through that hairpin you're breaking from 190 into 30 for that hairpin. You're going slow as heck. When those bikes came onto the track, I'm not exaggerating when I say that those two were a sitting duck for those two flying machines going through. And it is a walking miracle. We're talking inches between catastrophic disaster for Rossi and Orvin And yeah.
3: It's not an exaggeration to say that those two came very close to being lost yep. in that incident. This is not the
0: mm-hmm.
3: inches. Again, the pictures that are out there, props to the photographer. Talk about time. Jesus yeah. Christ. Um, mm. Any. They arrive there a tenth of a second later or earlier.
2: They're gone. It's bad. Uh, it's, they're gone. And the television camera pictures were jarring enough as this unfolded in real time. Valentino Rossi. Uh, uploaded the clip of his onboard and oh you God. could see just how quickly i believe it's Zarco's bike comes into and out of the shot centimeters from him
3: yeah they, they had to clean the oil spraying from that bike off of valentino's bike
2: valentino rossi yeah. is a man who has been doing this for 25 years 25 as years. a professional rider he has seen a lot the good, the bad, and the terrible. Uh, he look he looked shaken. Yeah. Like if we if he had decided after within minutes of this race, I'm calling it a career at the end of this season, we would not have blamed him. Because that very nearly could have been a terrible end.
3: We haven't seen that look right. on Valentino's face since we lost Marco. Sapang twenty
0: eleven. Yeah. I was gonna yeah. say like We've been watching Valentino do this for a quarter of a century. And there's always been a thing about Valentino. He's almost always smiling. He's always got this buoyant, happy-go-lucky smile on his face. And he's he's a very charismatic person. We all know Valentino for this. It's it's world famous with him. That, that was the first time in his garage that he looked every one of his 42 years. He looked like he'd seen a ghost. And quite rightly so. It was... It was terrifying to, um, to watch, and I think we could all relate with what Valentino you know, had felt and gone through. The scariest part is when he, watched, when he watched Rossi's on board. Three seconds later, he's back on the throttle, as if nothing. Yeah, they happened. both pinned it. Yeah. Both pinned the Maybe throttle 100%. Because they, they, they didn't lose that position, they were racing each other. Because that was <laughs> yeah. pretty
1: much the nature of the accident, where it's like it was huh. it was completely pur- pure chance that they got out unscathed, and
0: <laughs> the fact
1: that like, hey, accident's over, race race we're still racing. Uh-oh.
0: Still racing. Yeah. Within seconds. Uh,
1: and I'm within not seconds.
0: lying about no, that. No, none of us are. And no, I'm not you sure see I'm that. to be.
3: <laughs> you, you see that, and you think I, I can't do that.
0: No again, just pin the throttle, because again both Yamahas are directly racing each other they don't want to lose position and it was only about 20 seconds later that the red flag come out to stop the race and yeah, we all saw the shots of Rossi in the garage just in complete and utter shock there's, there's a um, picture
1: after the race and he looked like he aged yeah, and yeah. It, like, it's, it's always hard to wrap your head around accidents like this uh, mm. Even the ones that you know, thankfully, everyone's relatively fine because mm. no no one did anything wrong. Uh, really. but- like this accident was unfortunately in nature of the design of the circuit, where you know no one thought you could have an accident in turn two because the the you know the the runoff area, if you will, even though it's just grass uh, for yeah. for turn two is directly leads directly right into the the exit of the apex for turn three so if any accident happens in turn turn in turn two your bike is just going to spray out into turn three it
0: was a a virtually identical incident to formula one when they raced there in 2002 when nick leinfeld sauberk he spins himself out through turn two and his, well, his car, which he's completely lost control of, has gone over the apex curb at turn three and collected to Kumi Masato in the Jordan. And again, thankfully, both of them were okay. But it was an identical incident to that. Obviously, only, thank God, the only difference being there was no further contact. Um, because yeah. we've seen the pictures. No Han bike was ripped in two. It was a complete yeah, nothing right left off Nothing um, left of under bikes. No. the um,
3: aftermath. And there was... It was dents and bits and chips missing out of the both the factory Yamaha from debris and fluid that was sprayed onto them.
1: Yeah, because mm-hmm. like in terms of design, when most other circuits have a complex like this, where you make a left back into a hard right or a slight right back into a hard left, there's usually some form of barrier between those two corners, so you. So, if there is an accident, you can't go back across the track.
2: Yeah, because try- I was trying to think as this was all unfolding, because this is mm. going to lead into our discussion about what is right, what is, you know, what needs improvement for the Red Bull Ring as a motorcycle track. Because I'm sure that there are, like, mm. there has to be some tracks on the calendar that have been, or have recently been on the calendar that, you know, come back around themselves like this.
3: I th- I th- one that comes to mind immediately, and this applies to the track as well, is the final and first chicane at Le Mans. Obviously, mm-hmm. they used the car portion of the track, because that's the only car portion at the Bugatti circuit. Mm-hmm. And um, that, if you go off, if, if you go off and the first curve going into the track at Le Mans, if you go off there and you drop a bike, the bike comes across and will go back onto the track
0: yeah, Jack Very Miller had a, had, a, had a scary one there a couple of years ago when he was still riding with the Mark Mark VDS. I remember Jack Miller had a one where he bounced off that inside wall. Um, that and and didn't and anywhere. If
3: you remember last year, one of the funniest in- out of was when an LMP2 car went off at the Ford Chicanes right at the end of the lap, mm. rejoined back onto the track right into the path of one of the Toyota LMP1s because the design right. of the track just, it facilitates an incident like that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And probably so, the yeah. the biggest example of this cuz it's it's a lot more scaled up is the I it's not even new now it's 10 years old now the arena complex at at Silverstone where yes. uh there is there's gravel and there's a barrier so you can't uh so if you do you know run off straight heading into the complex you don't go straight across into entry at the end of the complex there's a there's gravel and a barrier so you can't go all the way across
0: right and Mm. and that was one of the solutions that people were suggesting on on the track but he just put a barrier or a catch fence between two and three like that and then it was Cal Crutchlow that said well you can't really put a catch fence there because if you go off at turn two you're right into the catch fence and obviously if you're a motorcycle rider you don't want that because your bike can ricochet back at you, and that's tragically how we lost Louis Salom back in 2016. It was an almost identical incident to that, where he yeah, bike of... bounced off the outside of the turn twelve wall. Yeah. Um, yeah,
3: because of the nature of this of this corner and the fact that there isn't a lot of natural runoff here, other than no. at the end of the straight, you, it'd be very difficult to put any kind of barrier there without, less giving the bikes no runoff at all.
1: Well, in terms yeah. of like. Physical obstacles, besides like one pedestrian tunnel under the track, they like the easy solution might as well just be reprofile the track to get rid of turn two. Yeah, mm.
0: it might have to come down to that because there is no quick fix to that turn two turn three complex, um and you can't put a fence in between them because like I said if you go off on the outside there, you're straight into the wall. You can't do that and you need to reprofile all of turns two and three I think you need more runoff at turn one especially on the outside of that because if you go off on the wrong spot there if you're high siding through the exit of of one the wall is relatively close that is a problem
1: yeah like the the only issue with trying to add more runoff to turn uh, to turn one is that besides the permanent grandstand uh, yeah. under that is just is just a hill. Like it's just
3: land. Yeah, yeah the problem, the other problem with this is yeah, it's almost similar to the issue with uh the top of Paddy on Frankershaw. The mm-hmm. land you're on kind of limits you because here you're in the middle of you're in the middle of a mountain
1: range. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Right. And that is a problem. There's gonna be some inherent problems no matter what we do, as you said, the lay of the land. If it's a, if it's wet here, forget about it because the track's drainage is not particularly great for this very reason. You're going to have rivers on the track. We saw it during FP2 earlier in the weekend. Barely anybody even turned the lap. Everybody knew it was going to be a waste look of time. Look how
3: tough it was! Uh, look how tough it was in the pissing rain in one mm-hmm. earlier this yeah, year in qualifying. You know. We had multiple
0: it's just as right as, as it's a great here. Oh goodness, yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: And Dre, you brought up a good point that like. Riders from Petrucci to Aleix to Casey Stoner had concerns about mm. riding MotoGP bikes here back in 16, 17. 17. Obviously, last year we had you know the discussion of is Pocono Raceway inherently unsafe for open wheel cars, mm. and now we're back to a similar discussion of is the Red Bull Ring, as it is inherently unsafe for motorcycles.
0: And if you want my honest opinion of that, it is right on the edge of what is, quote-unquote, uns- uh, acceptable, in my opinion. I mean, it's, it's only my opinion. Like it's, it's hard to say because there is obviously an inherent risk of just doing this in the first place. And it's impossible to say for certain with, um, where to draw the line and say, you know where is enough Like, where, where where do you draw the line what is what is at that point an unnecessary risk as Nicky Lauda used to say um, it's impossible for me to, to, to tell you where to put that line um, and I remember the 2017 because we had a, a pair of wet free practice sessions in the day and there was mass hysteria and debate between the riders as to whether they were going to race if the race turned out wet would people take part and i remember distinctively jonas volga was one of them the petrucci was another one cal crutchlow strongly considered it. i think even mark marquette was was on the side of i'm not gonna race if it's a wet track and that's what led to a quite public spat between elise spargaro and josh brooks from the british superbike series who said oh i'll race if no one else wants to take part i'll take part and you know if, if someone else wants to pull out and Brooks, I think he, he he was thinking with his penis, to be fair, because he tweeted Alicia Spagaro address emoji, saying, oh, you're a big girls blast for not racing in the wet, even though this is a man who had to bury one of his best mates, no less than, you know, a couple of months earlier. Um, well, I, think, was, I think what
3: people need to remember, yeah. is run off not, OG, not just run off for the bikes, it's run off for mm. the human being who comes off.
0: Exactly, and that's exactly how he lost Louis Salon, and you know, the, this track poses a lot of those same potential risks. The lack of runoff is a problem. The undulations are a problem. The 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 best thing, if they're gonna keep racing here, which they will, um, I don't see any reason why they're gonna take him off the The Red Bull have got deep affiliations with the sport mm-hmm. uh, on on many many levels. You've got to smooth out turn one. You've got to dip some of that crest in there, so at least you can see what's going on off the off the outside of the apex you've got to do something about the runoff between turns two and three or yeah. as king alluded to reprofile <laughs> turn two entirely so it's no it's, it doesn't out swing back on itself by the time you get to the turn three hairpin because those are the biggest problems and it's kind of a miracle that we we we've gone four years without a major incident here and you know now we've seen it with our own eyes that you know maybe we can do something about it rj yeah
2: yeah um a thought just came to me do you know at suzuka which is kind of that other track that's right on the line for professional circuit racing as it's constructed do you Hmm. think like a chicane like they've inserted on the west end at 200r would that be doable for red bull ring
3: not sure yeah, maybe it would be for i, I think a, a big problem also stems from the fact that this place does have a lot of run as a formula 1 track it has a lot yeah. of mm. yeah. as a motorcycle yeah. track it doesn't cuz you need run certain, off in different places yeah, yeah you do and certain corners aren't corners in One. they they're yeah. very much corners of bikes and maybe you know we already do have chicanes established that
2: don't run for cars that we do for bikes. Yeah, Yeah, so something like that. They don't run that 200R chicane for cars, but they run it at the eight hours. Yeah. And and really, Uh, I think uh, in
3: terms of problem areas of that run, turn one, turn two, into the right angle turn, really, Mm. that's the big problem. Yeah, I'm just
2: thinking: would it be logistically possible? Because I know it would require some moving around of barriers, grandstands, potentially. I- I'm just thinking of well, something.
1: Well, it, it, it wouldn't be out of the idea to put a chicane, say, you know, near turn two, or some way to reprofile turn two to add a different turn two for because the interior of the Red Bull ring is basically empty. There's nothing there. Uh, yeah, you could, in theory, make it swing in for a chicane
3: into the infield and swing... Back out, yeah. Turn three. Yeah.
0: Oh, just been back the old Osterheigen ring. Hey. Yeah, but you know, it, it's... God,
1: uh, it, it's pretty much, you know, where I usually draw the line in terms of cir- circuit safety is when... Uh, Potentially extremely dangerous accident goes from being uh, a probable event to an inevitable event. And right now, Red Bull's real... The Red Bull ring's really close. It's on that line where it's like, mm. some in certain conditions, this track, dangerous accidents are inevitable. And I think MotoGP has realized this. Uh, like... And I think the series needs to take this account not only here, but other places the race to. Because I still remember, you know, around this time last year, there were talks that MotoGP might be going back to Spa. And, uh, no. Yeah. That would no. No, 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 no no. That would no, be, no. You know, that track is this times 10. Yeah.
3: Right. <laughs> and, and, I mean, as well, someone in the chat put that it's not necessarily a track issue. Well, there are two or three tracks. On the MotoGP calendar, that have this, the runoff mm. will putting you back out into the track. One I actually didn't wow. think of earlier was the S's in Coda. If you lose the front yeah. there, your it, bike it, is going to be on the track. You're going to be on the track.
0: Yeah. It, it, it could be a problem. I remember Xavier Simeon had a bad one in Moto2 there a couple years ago, and he had, he went sliding for a good hundred. But, yards. but the thing um,
1: the thing is that at Coda, there there there's no. Uh, there's no impairments to visibility if you're a rider going down the track right. you could see the accident for a long way off and make account yeah. right, for that
0: right right, right. And, and that, that, that isn't a, that isn't that's just not a thing in in on this track because you're gonna to be tucked up behind someone if you're running close to them and you're going downhill into a blind part of the track so it's 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 an inherent problem with the track it, it was
3: a uh... It was a relatively standard, you know, bike-to-bike incident that was amplified very heavily by just the nature of track and the way of the ride.
1: Yeah, because the the other riders who could have potentially been involved in this accident had no way of knowing what was going to happen and were pretty much just bystanders on whether they were going to be affected by this accident or not. Yeah, they didn't know
3: this incident happened until there was two motorcycles prone
1: because it literally happened a yeah. good, you know, quarter of a mile behind them.
0: Right. And yeah, uh, that's what led to what was a very horrifying incident to watch. Again, just want to make it clear one more time, everybody was largely okay. Johan Zarko amazingly was back in the garage within 10 minutes of the incident. Um, Frankie Morbidelli was more pissed off than anything else. And yeah, yeah. part part in the of you, like where I was
1: most worried after you know realizing the Yamahas were okay was seeing uh you know Franco stretchered off. That that really worried me. Yeah, it was pictures yeah. of him after the incident.
3: I think first for him was bloody lip and uh... yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Johan
3: Zarco yeah. is undergoing
0: yeah he broke he broke his scalpioid uh, as yeah. he's having he's having surgery on that as we speak um he might race this weekend might not probably will um is the is what i is what i'm hearing but uh, yeah um thankfully that seems to be the worst of it um both riders relatively speaking okay as was the you know, factory MR riders that were in the line of fire thankfully again that was only only damage was mental. More than physical, thankfully. Um, again, like it, it says a lot about the VR Forty Six Academy when they were all in the pit lane giving Valley a, a hero's welcome back at the end of the race. Um, where, tch, spoiler alert, he finished in fifth. Yeah, speaking, so yeah, we, uh, we should <laughs> get to the
3: actual race. Yeah, uh, gosh, we did um, have
0: and, a race after.
3: <laughs> we
0: did have a race. We had a we had a restart. Um, as I mentioned, there was an immediate red flag. We had a quick restart again. We got going again, and it was actually Jack Miller that took the whole shot again. But uh, the, the the quiet Italian that came through the field and won very comfortably in the end was Andrea DiVizioso. You're the really reports. shocked. The reports
3: <laughs> of Andrea DiVizioso's De demise are
1: but but, but what happened to Especially. my dude? What happened to Paul Spagaro? He was up there.
3: Well, uh, um, uh Well... <laughs> He uh, went he a hand. bit wide. He went a bit wide. And uh, so did Miguel Oliveira.
0: Yeah. Um, uh. Both KTMs, who, who were running in the top five, may I add, had were, were gone through turn four. They'd both gone wide. Miguel had gone a little bit wider, but it looked like he might have still made the exit of the corner. Um, and then Paul comes in, comes on the inside of him and takes them both out. Um uh two They're weekends off. in a row, Paul. Mm. Paul's yeah. head's falling off, man. That was that was back to back weekends where Paul just loses his, his head in a tight situation and this um, again. the KTM yeah.
2: was good.
1: Yeah. They were giving
0: it to Hell, Once again, KTM
2: very good this year, but that was just unfortunate. I'm watching back on Paul's replay. He comes wide, and it looks like from the from the angle. Right behind Paul's seat, it looks like Olivera was already down. Down, he had already low-sided by the time he came across in the Paul's line of sight. Yeah, it yeah. was a yeah, I mean,
3: uh, not good it, day,
0: it, KT. It's, it, it's yeah, according to, to a certain someone inside the, the track, like, Paul had lost his head. He, the, he'd never calmed down after the initial incident that got the red flag on and didn't really recover. Um, also, didn't help that he had run out of uh, rear medium tires that he was going to run due to the restart. He had to put new tires on the bike, obviously for this semi sprint race finish. He ran out of uh, rear of me- medium rear tires, yeah. so he had, yeah. yeah, had, had, had to put a soft rear. Yeah, had to put a softer on the back of the bike instead, and he didn't have any trust or grip with it whatsoever. He was uh, he, he he was all over the place for that very reason. Um, it was not the rear tire he wanted to race with, and he was punished for it, unfortunately. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's what kind of led to one half of two separate, very frustrating incidents for what would have been maybe a podium finish for Paul Despargaro and probably Miguel Oliveira's best ever race in the top flight. Yeah, Um, like, I, I
1: said this on an earlier show, where pretty much, we're in a position where KTM finally has a good bike, they're in position to do well, and instead of spending most of the time fighting for podiums, they're fighting each other.
0: Yeah. And crashing. Miguel, Miguel was pissed. Miguel,
3: the
2: dentist, angered. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He, got, he got the scalpel out, he was pissed. Um, yeah, Miguel
2: was kicking and throwing shit all over the place, and I'm like, yo, yeah. You know, yeah, that feeling when hot.
3: you that feeling when you're playing Mario Kart with your friend and you blue shell them. I made it. You've been on a Mario. Mario
2: Kart kick. It's it's been unhealthy. But yeah, Olivera <laughs> dropped it. Olivera and Paul were running fifth and sixth. This would have been by far one of Olivera's best, if not his best, finishes. And yeah, they have nothing to show for it in the end. I mean That's at least amazing. Brad Bender salvaged a little bit of dignity by coming in from seventeenth to fourth.
0: Yeah. Right, brilliant day for Binder again.
1: though um... no, just crazy how two years ago uh, 17th to 4th on a KTM would be unheard of.
3: Right, yeah, that's <laughs> kind of it. Like, they keep, they... It's always what could have been for KTM this year where their win could have been a 1-2. They always have the pace and they never put a whole race together.
0: Yeah, you know, the would have actually been the biggest problem with that team this year besides Binder. Like, yeah. Actually, no, Binder's including that because Binder's been coughed up good results at the yep. start of the year and her after as well, so yep. they're all accountable for this to some degree. Um, the one that's been the least problematic has been Miguel in the Tech Free, um, which is kind of crazy to suggest, but yeah, it's actually been the riders that have been the biggest hurdle for KTM this year, which is crazy. So we think it was the other well, way. If you around, said that,
3: really. you said that last year, you'd be look at you like it's
0: right, right. Looking at it, yeah. it's crazy.
2: Times have changed. Obviously, Paul's on the way out. Our King. Um, could be a different dynamic,
3: but i don't, it's know, Paul- if, I don't know if King
2: is too mad that Paul is out because he keeps
3: on <laughs> the still, bike.
0: He smuggles a mofo in that window. You see him? He's like, we've got Miguel Lever and Brabinda next year. We've got one of the best teams in the field. It's that mad is, as well. That she... is a seriously good team. They've yeah. yeah. got Iannone
1: on a
2: tech three.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, exactly. Um, and. Dolby ended up winning Fairly, company broke off in the last five or six laps in the end, but we had a great fight at the end of the race between Jack Miller and Joanne Mir, and it was actually Miller that just made say a that mistake. Again.
3: <laughs> Mir on a
2: Suzuki. Yeah. Here. You're yeah. here uh, in Spielberg on a on a complete finesse bike. Joanne Mir, and let's give a shout out to Alex Rins because... He was oh. having himself a monster of a day. Still yeah, the Suzuki's injured.
3: were mighty through sector two. They were carrying so much speed. And again, well, and they couldn't pass. Still
2: he's still injured, and he's wheeling this thing up to third and then second and then oh no, he lost oh, he,
3: he was the fastest man on the track. He was running the duck. But yeah. that Ridge fight with the Mir before. kind of it kind of showed the problem with the Suzuki. They get right up behind the Ducati and then the Ducati would just
2: fly away.
0: Yeah, and Rins was
2: having to ride that thing into the dirt just to keep up.
0: Yeah. He ended up doing
2: exactly that.
0: When you've got a power disadvantage, you've got to take gambles you wouldn't normally take to try and get ahead of somebody. And Rins took one gamble too many, and it was another frustrating Rins crashes from a high level position sort of race. It's been probably my biggest criticism over the last couple of years has been he's had a knack of throwing away some good results from some high-level positions and this was no exception
3: i almost see him a lot like a lot like mark but he's not able to save the front tire like mark can
0: no and once he once he loses just goes he just goes and yeah that's what promoted miller and mir into a podium fight for who who gets the slightly bigger step in the Bigger trophy, and it was Mir, It was actually Mir that stole it from Miller on the final corner, actually Miller. Miller going slightly wide um, through turn ten, uh, and that's what opened the door for Mir to take his best ever finish in his first MotoGP podium. Um, a long time coming for Joanne Meir. they um, have been so, waiting for
3: this one for a long, long
0: time, dude. If you know the paddock, they gush about this kid. Um, like, like they've always seen it. flashes. We see it's flashes of
3: it every couple races. Finally, yeah,
0: really good run together. Suzuki swears by this man. They, they, they think he's a godly level talent, and this is probably going to be the first of many for Joanne here because he is a monster. Um, he is every bit big talent in this race. Yeah, massive. Confidence. He will, I have no doubt he will kick on from here. This was a big, big result, and. One, and He's always been more of the second ranking Suzuki, only because alex Rins is a monster in his own right um on his, if on alex top, could put
3: qualifying together he would be uh, a legitimate uh, top three or four rider in the field
0: uh, on race pace like Rins is top three or four pound for pound in in yeah. the world and
3: it gives himself qualifying. too much to do
0: exactly and me is on the other end he's just a bit more all-round um, just a good rider all around. Doesn't make very many mistakes. He's been a bit unlucky. He was taken out by the Quona um, at Bruneau last week. So uh, a great result for Mir. Another podium for Jack Miller, who we just we, we, we love Jack Miller here. Um, <laughs> you know, welcome um, to Jackass back on the podium once again. Uh, running down the rest of the field real quick. Um we get into the big other story of the weekend. Brad Binder, as mentioned, seventeenth to fourth. That kid is an absolute monster. Jesus Christ. Valentino Rossi got a hero's welcome and deservedly so for fifth. Good result for Takamakagami there in P six for the Intermits in T L C R team
3: as well. He, um, he is going uh in the absence of Marquez, he is mm. going from strength to strength on a year old
0: Honda. Very, very impressive stuff. Dider Petrucci in seventh less said about that, the better. Fabio Cacciarola slipped to eighth in the end. Yeah,
3: Fabio. <laughs> Fabio started off well, or the red flag I believe went very, very wide.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: He's doing a damn good job to throw away all the points he accumulated yeah. early on. We'll talk
0: about we'll talk about that in the titles, such as because uh, a certain guy in red has reeled them in. I can have a Great result for him in ninth from the upper ktm I'll take that very much indeed. Maverick Vinales slipped to 10th in the end. He struggled coming back after the restart. Yeah. Um, I yeah, don't blame I had a clutch
3: issue, it. I believe. He had, had a clutch in, uh... issue...
0: He had a bike fly over his
2: head. <laughs> Just yeah, a lot yeah. of bad stuff
0: in his head in this race. Yeah, yeah. He, I don't he think it rolled up against him. No, it, it, was, it was very slow in, on that first lap of the restart going into turn three as well for that very reason. Yeah, Fabio, as Lewis pointed out in the chat as well, had problems. He had brake problems pre-red, slide out had to start last for the restart. So he actually did quite well to come back to finish and eighth in the end. Um, Alicia Spagaro in 11th, um, and McKinney Pirro filling it in for Francisco Magniaga. The sound of the police is, rings highly. Uh, the part-timer finished in 12th in the end. Bradley Smith 13th, Alex Marquez 14th. Oh, Cal smart. Crutchlow Marquez was 13th team. and
2: Strip was... Is... It was Marquez Smith and then Crutchlow rounding
0: up the points. Yes, Rabat and are the only two guys in the points who did not score. As mentioned, five DNS: Alex Rins, Paula Swaggero, Miguel Oliveira. Frankie Morbidelli and Johan Tarko for obvious reasons. This would have been probably the big story of the weekend if it wasn't for what happened on track. But uh, on Friday morning, we got a shocker. And Grayne Yozo yeah. steps away from the negotiating table and said, I'm leaving at the end of the year.
3: <laughs> Desmo Davi is no more. Dude, I find it awesome.
2: I find it awesome. That, once again, a Ducati rider who's been struggling is going to find their form the minute they decide they're not coming back. Because <laughs> it happened with Lorenzo in 2018, and it happened with Dobby now, and I know we're just working with one sample size. Dude, they didn't even offer him
0: anything. Um, yeah, um, props to BT Sport. They got a tremendous interview with um, Simone Castellano, um, Dobby's uh, manager. Um, on their Sunday morning broadcast and he said it never even got to the money stage of the negotiations He said listen our man was willing to take a pay cut to stick around. It was never yeah, a money issue It was the opposite um, of
3: what you know the big rumor in the media was that he Compensated for doing as well mm-hmm. as he did on the Ducati for the That was oh. not the case
2: now. He wanted a pay- He was willing to take a pay cut They're offering him nothing and you put it best yourself they're flirting with arrogance, but I don't know. I think they're I think it's more than flirting. I think they've already gotten a second base with arrogance.
3: When I mentioned yeah. in, in the intro, how could the other red team stuff
2: it's again,
3: it's it's not valuing the guy who he's been the second best rider in the field by a fucking mile the last few years. For the last few years. Being, he's being which sounds like vilified within the team, for not being Mark Marquez. It's
0: a hard thing to be Mark Marquez, because there's only one of him. That's the biggest criticism you could throw at Dobby, is that he's not this otherworldly, maybe the best bike rider we've ever seen level of talent. He's just a fantastic guy that would have been a champion in any other era. Yeah, Um, he's great, he's
3: consistent, bring you the points, and he has certain genuine X-Factors. His
0: own. Yeah, an What's excellent one lap specialist, a, a thinking man's rider, and brilliant tire manager. Like there, there there's there's very little holes in Dovi's game as a complete motorcycle racer. And as Cam alluded to, that was the reason why he ended up walking away from the table was because. He didn't feel like Ducati was giving him enough respect. He, 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 they said that we're not going to throw out big money at him. You know, they were already flirting with the idea of bringing in a big name free agent in the last off season. They swung and missed at Maverick Vinyales, at Joanne Meir, uh, Alex Rins. They wanted a big name, on, on, at least alongside him, on that second bike next year. They had to settle for Jack Miller instead. I know it's, it's harsh to say settle on Jack Miller because he's great in saying, his own right. Jack's been pretty but, damn uh, good this year exactly so but even so it was like Dovi felt disrespected he felt like the development of the Desmond Deshi had gone away from him it, like he, Dovi had always said why don't you try and work on the turning make the bike less physically demanding to ride don't make it such an arm pump machine basically Arguably the,
3: biggest, the biggest hole in his game is not his game it's that the Ducati has not turned for a decade now
0: right you can't turn. It does not have the flexibility in its chassis that other manufacturers like Yamaha and Suzuki or even Honda do. Well, and, like the, the, like what the Honda happened Honda Casey, Casey yeah.
3: told them for years, you know, he was still getting some results on the bike, but he was telling them it has fundamental flaws. They yeah, wouldn't and, listen. He left and, and, and sh- crammed it back down their throat when he got on a
0: yeah, and won immediately. Won eleven Grand Prix that year and dominated his route to his second top flight title. It's the exact same principle. Like KC was great at the start of his Ducati career because they had a blunderbuss of a motorcycle that could be six miles straight line faster. But then the yeah, field they... caught up and the margin of error got a lot smaller. And then when the margin of error got smaller, Stoner got found out. And not, not yeah. found out's a harsh term, but he got. Well, I would say like they got, got right the, they got the they got the eight hundred cc regs. Day
3: one, they they knocked it out of the park, and then they're mm-hmm. just like, "Well, we did our job, and exactly. you have to keep moving, you have to keep pushing the, and it feels like Ducati every year they rest on, well we have, we have a nuclear reactor core for an engine, right? You should be good enough to just win on that, and we see it every year, they can they can run Marquez close, when Marquez slips, they're there to. Take advantage, but they can right. never override it.
0: And that was the problem. Ducati, on the other end, was saying, well, "Why don't you just better utilize the strengths of our bike?" Which was, of course, their incredible top-end speed and their corner exit speed. And that's just not the way Dovi rides a motorcycle. He's well, always tried- when Honda. Honda caught him last year, and yeah, I
3: mean the Honda has its own issues, which plenty on here. But when you've got hmm. Marquez
0: nullifying those issues.
3: Right. Honda and Marquez neutralized Ducati's advantage straight
0: line. And that, And that is why, allegedly, he, why him and Luigi De Linea have barely been on speaking terms for the last two years. Um, yeah, uh, it, it was obvious. There was obvious tension in that camp. And I think it had come to a boiling point in this year. I, I you know, Honestly, I'm speculating a little bit here, but I wonder if they saw what Johan Zarco had done on the Avincia at Bruneau or seen what's been going down at Pramat with Francisco Banyaya and Jack Miller suddenly being able to challenge for race wins at a ref and other places, and while the factory team themselves have both struggled for, for big tier points until now, and thought, hmm, maybe we don't have to tie Lovie down so hard, maybe we can win with Miller and and maybe Banyaya or maybe Zarco, because those are the names that are in the, the barbershop window, for Ducati to replace him with now yeah. that Dobby's walking away And we from mentioned really
3: that big. last week. We mentioned mm. that during the last time. Where if you're watching Zarco get results on an Aventia, uh, Dobby loses a lot of leverage. But then Dobby yeah. comes and swings right back and wins
2: in Austria. So yeah. what's coming next for Andrea Da Vizioso? Was Do we manager... think it's Aprilia?
0: There's oh. only there's only one seat left in the field, Ooh. and that's the second Aprilia. Every Ooh. other seat is either tied down or is about to be tied down. Um, retire. Or Fucking
3: retire, please. Don't go there. <laughs> You're too good for um, them.
0: Like, it's it's an issue because the Aprilia are still standing by Andrei and only We found out last week that his court of arbitration for sport hearing will not be until October which kind of puts everything back now because Crutchlow was rumored for that seat as well. Crutchlow says he doesn't mind waiting until October to find out what's going to happen, um, whether the appeal gets lengthened, whether it's upheld, or whether it may even go the other way and gets thrown out altogether. But we, we, either way, we're not going to find out till the middle of October. Um, Alicia Spagaro is confirmed for the next two years in that seat for one of the two and the question is can Aprile afford someone like Davizioso would Dovi take a hometown discount for Aprilia mm. we'll have to wait and see if but would he if, take a, a hometown manager...
2: discount for a team with no proven track record of success especially when man, all the hype yeah. this
3: year, all the hype this year was behind Aprilia and they have f- that on their face yeah the bike is not fast
0: yeah that is the problem and yeah as, as Lewis points out in our chat he's not going to want to go to a pretty there be a plan B and they are still standing by Ian Oni, and I don't think they can afford to wait till October to see what's going to go down here because like that's not for another two months well, um, we'll, is... be nearly, we'll be done with most of the season by then um, and the landscape could change again for all we know so it's There's only one other it, seat really And what's that?
3: the seat that uh, already has the yellow stamp on as far as we know
0: uh, and he's not going to go over there because apparently that Rossi deal is all but, done. Um, all but done they're just they're just waiting for the announcement and when that happens they said Austria around this sort of time we've been um, hearing Money that Marilla. they're going to confirm
3: it at like every event this year they just there's a
0: lot there's a lot of eyes to dot and tease to cross with that deal because of you know Rossi can't really bring all his crew over licensing and agreements and whatnot you know so it, it, there's a lot to iron out with that rossi deal i think that's why it keeps getting pushed back but realistically the only place a pretty like is, is a Um bobby's manager is adamant he'll be on the grid next year i'm not so sure about that personally um we'll have to wait and see hey maybe world Superbikes could could bring in through so you know we'll yeah, have to wait yeah. and see how that goes but again of course as always we'll keep you posted right here just bear in mind Dolby's now only 11 points off the championship lead, and we have another race in Austria to get through this weekend. Mm, all of yeah. a sudden, Dolby might be a championship favorite after all. <laughs> as I said
3: earlier, the, uh, the the rumors of Andrea Da Vincioso's
2: demise were greatly... Please do the Nico Rosper, win the title on the way out, and then go... Oh.
3: And How's that for a mic drop on Ducati?
2: Dude, would, I would, would love to hilarious. see that. Let's talk about some Moto Three. We still got a little bit of time to talk about some yeah. Moto Three. Something that didn't have total disaster happen for a change. <laughs> right. And, right
0: insta- and instead, we just got an utterly brilliant race. This was the best Moto Three race I've watched in a good probably since Philip Island. Um, and because of course it's Phillip Island. Duh. It's always. Um, Fidip um, it's always Philip Island. But this was a fantastic Moto Three race, Mike. Goodness me! Even for Moto 3 standards, this was special. And as Chris points out, amazingly, the least eventful race of the day, and it was a 10 out of 10 level Moto 3 race. So it, the
3: entire grid just throwing me
0: Yeah, um, it, it was a fantastic race. We had we had three seconds cover the first 17 motorcycles go over the line. Point two covering the top six. We had only a only Moto by- we had Raul Fernandez on pole, but we, we had a massive leading group of maybe 20 riders up the front. We had dudes like Albert Arenas up there, Jal Messia. We had John McPhee at one point, know, Vietti, who had gone well here last year. We had, you know, Darren Binder in the mix, Arbelino in the mix. Denis Onshu was up there as well. You know, Chan's an uh, uh, even younger brother. Was in the mix and he got a bit. He got a bit of controversy, but he took. He took to the slip road at one point during the race, which was kind of wild. Mm. To say the least, we get to take a long lap penalty for that, and the long lap penalty here it was a crippler because it's the outside beyond the high visibility paint at turn one. It's 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 one of the more brutal long lap penalties you we have on the calendar. You
3: can't Zarco this where you just no. like, ride it mm. at the absolute
2: limit. It costs no, Yumu Sasaki a chance at a win because he it had did. gone off track too many times while he was running solidly up in the top three most of the day.
0: Yeah, um, it, it, it got to the crux of it in the end. We had uh, Jal Macia tried an absolute last lap breakaway, but Albert Arenas reeled him in, passed him at the final corner, and would win by half a tenth. Albert Arenas is absolutely world class. This kid
3: is... Um, yeah. office.
0: <laughs> oh, my word. Uh, this kid this kid is something else. We, we we like Spain just keeps churning out these ridiculous goddamn talents every other year and Arenas looks like he, Arenas looks like he's the class of the field. He really does. I, I wasn't sure where it was gonna come from this season. I'm adamant it's Albert Arenas now. Um let's not forget his leg still looked like an aubergine emoji last week and uh oh, wow. it's a week a week later, second and first despite riding in an immense amount of pain. Um, he won by half a bike length now there was some spice at the end of this one Um, if you're looking at the results screen you're thinking wait how is John McPhee third when he was 0.4 off the win Um, when there's guys with a smaller timing margin next to him well some guys took some liberties on the final corner and put two wheels on the green that is not allowed that was a uh, gain an advantage for track limits which had come up uh, a couple of times for warnings or long lap penalties in the race they took liberties off the final corner um and three dudes were directly affected by this there's you know vietti uh ayagura um and darren binder had all yeah. taken yeah. off they got off beyond the curb at the final corner yeah those
2: weren't even all the dudes that got it it's bender yeah. alcoba um, Dupasquier, Pizzoli, Andrea Migno was in it, but those were just the top three because that was what we thought was the battle for third place. Yeah. Only
0: wasn't. The... All three of them got hit by got hit by penalties after the race. They were given a one position drop penalty. John McPhee, who was sixth over the line, actually finished third. Uh, so they sounds like a sounds like a
3: grassroots motorsport daily or
0: Dude, no, was,
2: Binder was ahead of Vietti on the road, and then the final classification comes out, and, he's, and Binder is behind Vietti in the yeah, final because of the
0: because of the order of when the penalties were administered. <laughs> it, it's a, it, was, it was actually hilarious to watch in real time, because Celestino you know, Vietti had been told, oh, you're on the podium now because of Agoura and Binder. Get to Park Firme, we've got to get you in for an inning to finish in third. Only to find out that Vietti's penalty had come... After Binder and Aguras so they had to push Vietti back out of the Park for her, mate. get McPhee out of his garage, and put me in there for the everyone, he finished finish. Everyone, everyone, just park
3: your bikes on the front straight. We'll figure it. Out. <laughs> yeah,
0: we'll, 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 we'll draw names out of the hat. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll have a lottery machine, and I'll oh, look the nick to finish the seventh again. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, King. Oh, <laughs> so. My. After the reshuffle... King is Mc...
3: now hovering over the ban
0: button. <laughs> <laughs> Again, no one else is new. Uh, <laughs> so as I mentioned, sixth on the road, John McPhee actually finishes third. Agura finishes fourth. Vietti's now fifth. And Binder actually ended up in sixth after they had to reshuffle all of third down to sixth due to one position penalties. Not confusing at all. Tony Abelino was seventh. Dennis it's on shoot eighth, which I think is his best finishing mode Moto three to date. Ralph Fernandez, the pole sitter, was 9th. Suki Suzuki, 10th. Gabby Rodrigo, 11th. Andre Aminio, 12th. Ayumi Suzuki, 13th. Jeremy Avakova, 14th. And Stefano Nepa in 15th, rounding off the points. Uh, poor old Sergio, not the golfer Garcia, who was 2.8 seconds off the win and has nothing to show for it. Moto 3, everybody. Moto 3.
3: <laughs> Only uh, a Moto 3.
0: Uh, he finished 16th. Um, Albert Arenas now has a 28-point lead in the championship over McPhee in second after his, shall uh, we say, enhancement of finishing position. Uh, he's now second on 67 points. I have a guru who keeps sneaking into that podium battle every Moto3 race we see on the final lap, it's ridiculous. Um, it's like who plays his trap card right at the end, it's hilarious. He's on 65 points in third, Suzuki Suzuki fourth with 50 points. Ralph Fernandez now fifth on 43. If you have not seen this Moto Free Race, go out of your way to see it. It is an absolute classic. Fantastic. All race. time. Um, All time classic Moto Free Race. You'll be on the edge of your seat pretty much the entire way through. Fantastic race. 10 out of 10 classic. Go go out of your way to see it. Um, and that'll just about do it for this first uh, part of this double header. We'll be back very, very soon. Double we'll header? <laughs> In a sense, we're actually recording it tomorrow uh, trade secrets. But uh, we'll be talking about uh, Formula One and uh, a, shall we say, quiet Spanish Grand Prix, uh, to say the least. Because, hey, it's Formula well, One at Catalonia. What did you really expect? The radio expect? calls weren't quiet. Oh, Lord. <sighs> <sighs> to say the least, I'll try not to rage so hard this time round. But uh, basically, we'll before we get out of town. If you listen to us on YouTube, hey, nice to see you. Why not subscribe? If not, youtube.com forward slash motorsport101. You can see us in video form. Check out some highlights and some bonus content from us as well. Facebook.com forward slash motorsport101. We're on Twitter, motorsport101. And I've put our personal handles. You can in the description of this video. Our usernames you see on the screen now. But if you're listening to us on audio, at Harrison101HD, at Ryan Eric King, at RJ O'Connell, and at Buckley 917 All those details are on our website, motorsport101.com. Check out the blog section there for my full thoughts in a bit more detail regarding Austria as a track and the weekend in general. Um, and if you really, really like this, you can get back us financially on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash motorsport101. 5 those gets you early access to the audio versions of all of our shows. $10 gets to the Supporters Club where you can listen and watch these shows and how Discord live as they're being recorded, as well as get early access to the video form of this podcast on YouTube as well. Thanks for watching, guys, uh, and for listening. We'll be back very, very soon for episode 255, where we talk about the Spanish Grand Prix. Whoa, and I don't mean Rivers, Indianapolis. <laughs> oh, and, and, and that too, Indianapolis Grand Prix Yeah, so we're uh, going
2: to talk about Indianapolis and the Spanish Grand Prix.
0: In, yeah. a,
1: in, in we'll, a different we'll, episode. Those are gonna be two different episodes.
0: Yeah, we'll 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 push the we'll push the F one back, it's not important. No, no one needs to care about Hamilton winning like like three minutes. Who cares? I've been Andre Harrison, they've been R.J. O'Connell, Brian Eric King, and Cam Barkley. Until next time, thank you very much for watching. i will catch you guys soon. Sina Stay safe, y'all.
1: Bye <laughs>
0: Stay safe, everyone.